0: Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit, secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner. Honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com don't forget ladies and gentlemen in the podcast description or podcast notes in your podcast app you can get access to all of our sponsors all of the products that we talk about in the podcast and contact information for paul and martin proceed with caution all doctors to the er
1: Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about, talking about, talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away.
0: Physical.
1: The podcast that'll help you get squared away.
0: What's up, everybody? We are back here with episode 008. Squared Away. I'm here with Martin. I'm Paul. You guys got through the commercials all right. We're going to jump right into our current practice and our check-in on what we've been doing. How you been, buddy?
1: I've been good. Good. Hanging in there. How about yourself?
0: Good. Um, Shitty day. Yeah, it it was a long day. Just... Last week of the month is always rough. Any anybody that's in sales gets oh, yeah. it. You're just constantly competing with your own self. Last year, you know, or last month or whatever. Everybody's a little different, but just trying to get everything wrapped up for the end of the month, and then tomorrow morning we'll have hours worth of meetings for next month. So it'll be so glorious. In yeah, the world of sales. So with our with our constant check in here, I really uh, you know we're, we're always good on we're always good on the on the physical. Um, you and I are always dead on with the, with, with the mental, always working on that. But I, uh, started thinking, man, my emotional practice, I don't know, like, I haven't invested time into any sort of conscious, cognizant, emotional practice. So I started working five minutes worth of meta meditation, which is similar to your praying for your grown children. Um, into my meditation practice, and it feels good. I almost had a little tear up today. I was sending some sending some emotional love towards my dad, and and oh. it, uh, I got a little emotional during my my five minutes
1: of meta meditation.
0: So I felt like that was a, I felt like that was a good <laughs> a good opening for me.
1: Just my Mother's Day is coming up, so you better meditate a little more on that one.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm my I'm my mom's like go to because my parents divorced when I was yeah. you three. Mama's boy. I'm not a mama's boy, but I'm, how do you know? Well, I'm trust me. I'm not a mama's boy, but what, (laughs) what it is is because my mom has had a piss poor choice in men her entire life. I'm basically the, the man in her life when it comes to anything that needs to be fixed or suggestions, or if she has a pro like last week, she had a problem at work instantly calls me, which is fine, but um, it's very much a reverse. It's been a reverse relationship for many, many years. As to even, I mean, I moved, I moved up to live with my dad when I was like seven or eight, I guess, third grade. So like eight and I'd say by 12, it was basically a completely reversed relationship where, I mean, I went with her to buy a car and I think I was 13 and I was negotiating with the salesman to get the car. Like that's just the type of relationship that it's, that it's always been, which is, which is fine. I, I, I like, you know, I like being able to help her out. So. Well, that's too bad. Mm. But so for Mother's Day, yep, I'll be sending sending some flowers or something. She just got a knee replaced, so.
1: Oh really? Yep. Holy cow! Yeah, you better send a little more than flowers then, I guess. Well,
0: I mean, what am I going to? I'm not going to send her just chocolates. Show up
1: and you know. I'm not showing up. She's in North Carolina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not going down there. You like the long drives? Oh no, I don't. I just get my a glutton for punishment when it comes to long drives.
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: So physical. What are you What have you been working on?
1: Uh, physical, I think I'm doing pretty good in the gym. Um, uh, coming out of that sick diet program that I, you know, by accidentally put together. It's, uh, it's different because I feel like my, my midsection is like where it's at when I was in high school. Really? Yeah, because uh, you leaned out. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of like it. On accident. I, by an accident, yeah. I hate to admit it. I kind of like it. I don't know why. Yeah. Because I've been, uh, you know, I was a linebacker for so many years, so I'm used to having some beef in there. Yeah. But I'm at a point now where it's like, hey, I like waking up in the morning. And I'm like, wow. Well, so, and this is lean you as f- You feel lean,
0: right? Like when you wake yeah. up in the morning and your guts feel like there's nothing in there, that feels really good. Yeah, wake up in the morning, I got a freaking...
1: Eight to 20, 8 to ten pack yeah. going on. I don't yeah. know what's going on there? No, but.
0: it's great. I actually posted a picture today, and it was and it was a, a a it looked like a transformation picture, but it was legitimately me at the gym versus me after I've eaten. It was thirty seven minutes apart was the two pictures, but that's the same idea. Like that lean in the morning, like holy shit, this feels good, and then you start eating and you feel like fucking, the salt in yeah, that yeah, water. Yeah, oh yeah, everything gets bloated around in there, and you only feel good for about an hour in the morning. But you know that if you had to go to the beach, you could just not eat for the first
1: part the day and you'd be great <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and uh yesterday i didn't go to the because a week ago i think i popped a rib out Out. so for those that know you know spinal subluxation you know i had a rib that was out and i waited a week which was kind of idiotic and i just pushed through the pain and so it's sore as hell right now but it's uh he adjusted it got a couple of pops out and i think i should be okay just got to let it uh let it settle down Well, and a lot of people don't necessarily
0: think of it this way, but when you're, when you're looking at how your physique looks, a lot of it is proportions, right? Like if you have a wide waist, you have to have that much wider shoulders to have the V shape. So if your waist is leaner, it makes your wider shoulders look wider. And, you know, yes, that's super superficial and and it's aesthetics, but it it's, it's legitimately what grabs, what gravitates or what grabs eyes or what eyes gravitate to. Oh, is that the dick root? The dick root. Oh, the, the dick root's a good
1: one. The ladies love the dick root. So if you, uh, if, the you're, if you're lean and the uh, abs, that means you got the dick root or what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But abs, abs on skinny guys are like tits on fat chicks. They don't count. Cause you just have them because you're just that lean. I mean, abs on a big dude. If you're 200 pounds and you have abs, that's legit that's
1: legit. Yep. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Yep. <laughs> where you get this stuff half the time?
0: Oh, it's just, it's all up in the memory banks. <laughs> oh. So yeah. So, so emotionally so. that's where I'm at physically doing, doing fine. Um, just still in the powerlifting. um, trying not to put too much weight back on, but still in, you know, I'm still right around 3,000, 3,200 calories and I get sick of eating during the day. I mean, it's a legitimate, you know, packing food in most of the day. So I'll go another four weeks like this and then see where I'm at and decide where I'm going to go from there. I I, f- I feel like I have to be progressing somehow, whether it's leaning or building, leaning or building that whole like maintaining thing. Just, I just don't feel, don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. I don't feel good.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're probably more, um, you put on a lot more muscle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for you sure. i seen you before. Yeah. So.
0: Well, so realistically, all that muscle, like it, it ballooned up in seven days. So what happened is, is I was in such a calorie deficit for 90 days that I was still building muscle fiber, but there was no nutrients in my muscles because I was, I was depleted all the time. So when I started eating again regularly, because I hit my goal and eating a lot, all that muscle fiber that I built over those three months ballooned right up. And it was like, holy shit, where the fuck did all that come from? Yeah. You know, and it, and it was cool. Like, I've never seen that before. That was a really, that was an eye-opening thing. Like, and for those first seven days, holy shit, I have never been so hungry in my life. Oh. Never been so hungry in my life. I mean, I, I could have legitimately consumed 10,000 calories a day for those first seven to 10 days. Well,
1: I thought you were going to the old farm and barn and, you know, getting those uh, penicillin shots. Oh, yeah. Right.
0: I don't think that happens that quick.
1: <laughs> Horse dick or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, I right. Know.
0: No, all the the veterinary, the veterinary medicine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I mean, realistically, when people want to start talking about steroids and testosterone and Trenbolone and all that stuff, like all that stuff does is that helps you recover, you know, it, it, and might give you some some of them give you some more intensity in the gym, but it doesn't just pack muscle on your body. Like if you're if you're shooting up with with whatever, you're not just automatically going to start building muscle like you legitimately still have to do the work. So that's what a lot of people don't like. They don't understand, you know, and, and I do. I do know guys that, that have gone through that and I know guys that cycle on and off and I know guys that are on way too much. And when I get to a certain age where where I need it, fuck, yeah, I'll jump right on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not scared of it. I'm not worried about it. But currently I still feel pretty
1: good. So. Yeah, I'm trying to uh stay away from it right now. And uh, my I don't know my but oldest. But you have no fucking
0: idea where you're at because you've never gone in and got any tests done.
1: No, but but I got my oldest who keeps telling me is like, you know, dad, you should just, you know, go in and get some TRT. Just get it. I'm like, well, once I start Yeah, you're done. Then you're on it forever. I'm on it forever, yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm I'm not ready for that yet. And you also like
0: You need to get with a you need to get with a doctor or someone that knows exactly what they're doing, because what happens when you start injecting any sort of hormone is your body's natural production drops off. So you need to make sure that all the other levels of everything else, your dihydrotestosterone and your estrogen and all the other shit are still balanced out, because if you just start injecting tests and you don't know where the rest of those numbers are, you'll get you'll end up. It doesn't not a guarantee, but there's always the risk that you'll end up with negative outcome from it because of that. So you got, I mean, you got to, and right now would be the time to start getting your baseline, you know, yearly go in and, and get your blood drawn to get your, get your hormones done. So, you know, where you're at, because if you're at 700 now and in five years, you're at 400. Yeah. It might be time to start looking at it, but you're, if, if you're at 500 now and you feel good and you're at 450 in five years, then no, because your body doesn't just make less hormones, your body gets more efficient with its hormones as you get older. So a thousand, nanograms per deciliter of testosterone in your natural testosterone in your bloodstream at 21 would feel, you'd feel strong, you'd feel good, you'd feel athletic, you'd feel happy, probably angry, actually pissed off, but a thousand nanograms per deciliter at 50, you're fucking might rip somebody's head off. Like it's that different as the difference in how your body processes it.
1: Yeah. Well, I will uh, plan to go on and on sometime soon. So I'm at 49 right now. So why don't I just roll that right in with getting a finger up my ass next year? There you go. Oh wait a second, it's a camera up your ass at fifty, right?
0: Or you could take a dump in a in a bucket, right? Can't you do that and send it in? We're in Madison. They have what? that's what that's what um, Exact Science does: colon Coligard.
1: versus shoving a camera up your ass. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Col- so Collegard, you know, big Exact Science. on the belt line. That's what they do. Their, their main product is Cologuard. So you take a dump in a bottle and send it in and then they put it through all these scans and they sense for all the different irregularities that prostate um, cancer or colon cancer, any of the things that they look for show up in your stool. Hmm. And they work with their doctor on that. Yeah. Really? Yep. And it's not, it's Hmm. not in place of, but if your doctor knows you're healthy and you don't have a history of it, he might just say, Hey, do this instead. And then every five years we'll get a colonoscopy or every 10 years Ooh. we'll get a colonoscopy. Yeah. I'd be happy for that. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Cause you know, if, if you, if you wake up in the middle of the colonoscopy and both of his hands are on your shoulders, you got a problem.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> only happens when I'm with the dentist. So oh, I, you okay. know, wake up, pants unbuttoned. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs>
0: what, what happened? Unless she's cute. And then you're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I wish I'd remembered it. Did you Asian- tape it for me? <laughs> I
1: have an Asian dude for a dental. Oh yeah. No, nope, so. mind then. Okay. Easy.
0: Um, so spiritually, been super steady on my meditation this last week. It's and it feels good. I feel, I feel clear. I feel balanced. I feel like I'm regrowing that that few second delay between between stimulus and action. So that feel, that feels good. Awesome. How about you?
1: Uh, I sent you a link to the uh, sermon for mindful yes. meditation. So a pastor actually covered it after we talked about it. So that was uh, kind of ironic, but that's a guy. That's a church that that I like. Um, I was in a conversation about somebody that probably with somebody that pertains to what we're going to talk about today, just about you know prayer, and you know there there's a fine line, and we'll get into that a little bit about you know people that put themselves in situations. That elicit consequences, but then also want you and everyone else to pray them out of it. So we'll cover that in a bit. One
0: of the, so praying out of it is a is a funny scenario. Um I think it's a it's a Hindu saying, maybe, um, but it says praise Allah, but also tie up your horse or your cow. So it's like, you know, God is good, but also don't be a dumbass. Yeah. You know, like that—that's—that's that's the I like idea the God behind helps that saying. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, and you know, I get a little hot under the collar, but it's. Yeah, I think sometimes people think of uh, Christianity and religion as a Santa Claus or fix all. You know, it's a white knuckle the rosary. Also, and shit goes sideways. Also, and, ooh, it comes in handy, and I'm just going to pull it out here in my toolkit instead of an everyday discipline.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a practice it's not a savior
1: yeah you know absolutely so spiritually yeah, i'd say you know i'm good i'm challenged did you did you nice. watch
0: that did you watch that whole sermon yeah. about mindfulness that's that's awesome so we did the mindfulness podcast last week the meditation podcast last week and then he talked about it oh, it might be a sign <laughs> somebody might be sending <laughs> yeah. you a sign
1: yeah every every sunday that's what i watch so it's uh if you guys are interested i really like this pastor his name's aaron cole uh website is lifechurchwi.com so every sunday on youtube you can uh, tune in and they have a service so awesome
0: um mentally i'm still on i'm still powering through the beyond order the jordan peterson book um, i i had to slow it down even and go a little bit slower than his regular pace just to try to really comprehend the info because his vocabulary is so leaps and bounds ahead of mine. And he uses very big words that sometimes make zero sense to me. So you got to Google on deck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely there's a lot of times I have to Google stuff that he says and it makes perfect sense. Like he's dead on, but it didn't make any sense until I understood what the, you know, the specific word was in the middle of the of the sentence. But this last chapter that I'm on is 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 about relationships and your spouse and the, you know, the, the person in your life, whether it's your husband, wife, girlfriend, whatever. And it's, it's really interesting, you know, and, and he, he's a clinical psychiatrist, psychologist or psychiatrist. Um, so he works with, with couples, he works with, doesn't not, he's not a couples therapist, but he, right. if he's going to work with one person and they're married, he basically has to bring the other person in because they need to be on board with whatever kind of changes that, that need to happen in the person's life. And it's pretty interesting to t- you know, talking to people that, have been together for 30 years and fucking hate each other and just telling them, like, no, you're going to go out on a date. Are you going to get a divorce? No, we're not going to get a divorce. Then you're going out on a date. And then they come back the next week. We hated it. Yep, you might have hated it. You're going to do it again. And, you know, he pushed And then 10 weeks later, they're like, hey, we kind of had a good time. Like, yeah, no shit. If you're not going to get a divorce, then you need to put in the work because out of, you know, 7 billion, 8 billion people, the likelihood that you found the most perfect person that matches you is pretty fucking unlikely so you got to put in the work and you don't find the perfect person you make the person that blends
1: perfectly with you yeah
0: and that takes effort and time and work work
1: yeah so you like peterson yeah i really do have you ever watched him uh do his debates on youtube yes like when people try to corner him yeah i think uh i like it when he gets on um uh, like a news show yeah and they're pretty much setting up the questions to try to you know knock him down yeah and he gets out every time His brain works
0: so fast fast.
1: yeah yeah i like him he's like i said he's very articulate very intelligent yeah quick thinking um if you ever want to say like a, a prodigy kind of guy like ben shapiro yeah if you ever watch him yeah yeah that guy goes about a million miles an hour too oh yeah you know, he's, he's still kind of a kid yet. Yep, It's not as, I don't think as articulate as Peterson yep, is. Yeah, 100%. But he's, uh, yeah, he's quick as a whip. I
0: mean, and you think of, so you don't just come up with the ideas that Jordan Peterson has off the top of your head. Like that's, that's consistent effort to think about world problems and deal with world problems. And 50 years of helping people deal with their own problems is what builds a Jordan Peterson. Yep. So Ben Shapiro in 30 years with, a life full of experience, but also hopefully operating, you know, mostly as fast as he is now will yeah. be
1: will be pretty awesome. Yeah, I think he's more on the, the legal side. Yeah. His background is at yeah. Harvard Law. And I think he was like a Dewey Hauser, right? And he was I have no idea. Young educated. I believe he had started getting in debates with adults at, you know, 18, 19. So yeah, yeah he's quick.
0: Cool. So our deep dive this week. Adapt and overcome. I'll let you introduce us to that idea.
1: Yeah, adapt and overcome is uh, is relative to a lot of what we talk about. And it really comes down to it's the growth mindset versus the comfortable mindset. Um, you know, it's, it's a big frustration because it seems like I run into it every day when I talk with people it's, um, and people that I work with it's everybody makes such a hard effort I mean so much effort to build comfortability and and what happens you know it's uh, like I talk about you know some people are just comfortable with their diets I, I hate to go back to that you know and you see the obesity and you go through the grocery stores and it's frustrating because you see the product of the person and you see what's in that grocery cart and these people ha- have been told you know, okay, this is what's healthy. This isn't, you know, healthy. Well, you shouldn't be eating sugars when you got a full cartload of, you know, sugar cereal going on there and everything else, all these drinks that have, you know, 40 to 120 grams of sugar sitting in them. And, you know, on the spiritual side, that's that's where it's tough. That's what I was talking about before is that, well, you have people that, get themselves to a point where they have diabetes, they got heart problems and you know, the myriad of problems that result and just snowball from there. And when they get to a point where, okay, they go to the doctor and it's like, oh, they post on social media that, oh, I now have this condition, please pray for me. When it's hard for me to be empathetic is a word because it's like, well, okay, you know, we've talked multiple times so I'm speaking from experience. We've talked multiple times and, you know, you won't take any advice or make any effort to better yourself. So now you're facing the consequences of exactly what you were concerned about and what we talked about to resolve it. And now you just want people to pray you out of it. I mean, I just picture, you know, God up in heaven saying, oh, OK, so, you know, you just fucked yourself up and you want me to just put a, push the reset button So that you can just go back to do the exact same thing you were doing before.
0: Yeah. And I I love I'm a helper. I love helping people, but I can only help you, let's say, 70 percent as much as you're going to help yourself or 60 percent as much as you're going to help yourself. You got to help yourself more than you expect me to help you. You got to go out of your fucking way and make changes or put in some effort to 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 accomplish whatever you're trying to do, whether it's health or building something or growing a business or whatever it is like. I will, I will be here and I will help you and I will give you everything that I can muster as far as as my help and my expertise. But you got to fucking want it more than I do.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, I think there's a chart that we'll put out when this comes out on social media that, you know, talks about getting out of that comfort zone and the barriers that you face. But uh, I was in a conversation with some of that. You know, whenever somebody asks for advice and you probably get this a lot and, you know, for our listeners, too, if people ask you for advice and you give them advice, simple advice about changing their lifestyle or why don't you just change this portion of your life? And if all they can do is come up and think about all the can'ts, well, well, I I won't be able to do this. I, I can't do that. I can't eat this and can't eat that. I mean, that's your red flag right there that, you know what? They don't really want to change. They want the end result, but they want the, what's the easy button? What's the the magic magic pill? pill? Yeah, exactly. So, and that's, that's where we're at. I mean, you're never gonna get out of that comfort zone unless you adapt and overcome. And there's a lot of hurdles.
0: And learn to love work. Learn to love the work because work, that four letter word work is the magic pill for everything. Work is the fucking magic pill. Whether it's working towards a goal, or working to accomplish something, or working to lose weight, or working to build a business, or working to get the the girl or or boy of your dreams, or working to get the job of your dreams, work will fucking do it. It's got to be intelligent work. You can't just be racing around like a rat. But you gotta be. You gotta. Ha- you're gonna have to work for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you leave the comfort zone and enter the growth zone, I mean, look at the verbiage right there. I mean, you have to leave. You got to get up and get off your ass and leave. It's, um, you know, spiritually, they always talk about, you know what? God opens the doors, but, you know, you have to walk through them. He's not going to all sudden open the door and then pick you up and then, you know, make the choices for you because then, you know, we'd be robots. Yeah. Um, I mean, the greatest obstacle to success is complacency. And we've talked about complacency. I know we got a a good question, you know, one of the podcasts from a listener, you know, and and that's being in your comfort zone is what complacency is. People literally make the effort to build complacency. Yeah. Um, You know, highly successful people tell you that secret success is to do what's uncomfortable. And how do you tell people to get comfortable, you know, being uncomfortable? Um, You know, have you ever watched uh, Admiral McRaven? No, I don't think I have. Give his uh, commencement speech for Texas. I believe that was. He's not the one that starts it out with make your bed. Yeah. Oh, yep. Make yep I watched one. that. Yep. That's a great one. So in one of the points that he makes, you know, he doesn't quite cover it. He talks about, uh, you know, when life throws obstacles to you or whatever, you know, learn to be a sugar cookie. Yeah. The,
0: the obstacles when, when obstacles are thrown at you. And I started thinking about this today and I really, and I really, I mean, I, I really thought about it a lot while I was driving around working today. And I started to think about me because I'm, I've always been a, a improvise and overcome. That's always when I was 16 years old, hauling around portable toilets on a trailer behind a truck, the tongue broke off the, the trailer and the trailer ended up in the fucking ditch. Right. But I'm in Richland center. I'm an hour away from home and I didn't know what to do. This was before cell phones. So what did I so I went to a hardware store and I got muffler clamps and I muffler clamped the tongue back on the trailer and then drove it 20 miles an hour home. I improvised and I made it home. Now what gave me the ability to to do that improvisation improvisation and I started thinking about that like what gives me the ability to do that and what can I teach? what can I help people understand to make them better? at improvising. And really one of the biggest things is completely understanding the parts that make up the whole or understanding how something works. So if you're going in and you're being briefed on a a business brief or, or a mission brief or something, if you understand every single goal Of that brief and you understand every moving part of that brief and something comes up, you're able to improvise because you know what the goal is and you know all the moving parts. I knew that that trailer tongue needed to stay at a certain angle because one of the welds was still good. So I knew that and I understood that. So as long as I clamped it the right way, I knew it would make it home. And it's I am a curious person. I have to know how things work before I trust them. I don't just... I won't just listen to a piece of advice from someone if whether it be diet or nutrition or spirituality or meditation like I have to know what the meditation is doing I have to know how the diet is affecting my body I have to know these things so force yourself to be more curious and force your force yourself to to want to understand everything that you're dealing with and when you do start to understand everything you're dealing with when something is thrown your way you're able to to adapt and you're able to overcome because you know how to move the moving parts to get to the same end goal because if you know the end goal you're working for you can adjust and drive forward
1: yeah no i agree i mean it's it goes back to that sugar cookie it's um I know McRaven talked about, well, you know, no matter what you do in that situation and what he's talking about is um, in the teams, basically the first thing that you get used to is putting your, putting your gear gear on, putting your clothes on, you know, civilian talk it and they basically get you all dressed up, all clean and neat. And then you go out into the surf zone, get all wet. And then roll around on the beach and you get sand in every crevice of your body, down your pants, everything. And I know he mentioned that it was because, well, no matter what you do, you know, you're, you're going to end up a sugar cookie. Well, there's a lesson that goes beyond that. The reason that they do that, is so you start the day uncomfortable and then you do everything that day uncomfortable because you got sand going in your pants, you're chafing because you got sand, you know, in your crotch. Up your ass um, on your head, you're spitting that dirt out, but you learn to function through that. And a lot of people won't get into anything uncomfortable at all, especially once they've nested themselves in the comfortability. And um, you know, this is a lesson that you know. I know I've talked to our, our local fire department about you know possibly doing to you know get people just to, you know what we live in a comfortable society. So somehow we have to create some kind of adversity so that we learn. Um, I know one of the other guys uh, did a business talk and literally one of the employees showed up at work the next morning in his business casual clothing and got himself all wet, went went to a sandy area and just rolled and got himself you know sugar cookied and he sat at his desk all day and then you know redid it again at, at lunchtime to make sure that you know he's good and sandy. And work that way. You learn how to work uncomfortably. And I think that's, it's a good lesson. I'm not claiming everybody needs to run out right now and find a sandbox, but it's a physical lesson to train yourself physically, train yourself mentally to be like, hey, you know what? Being uncomfortable is okay. Because there's a saying, it's like, you know, if it doesn't suck, we don't do it.
0: Yeah. And, and the best stories come from being uncomfortable, right? Like yeah. that's, that's what everybody Everybody wants to ignore. I mean, I, whether you like him or not, um, machine gun Kelly, who is, uh, a rapper and an, and an actor, um, he, he raps a lot and sings a lot about keeping himself in situations where he has things to write about. And that's a really, like, that's an interesting idea whether that, that as an artist, You need to have things that are going on in your life that are uncomfortable. You need to have experiences in your life that are like a big deal so that you have things to write about or paint about or or whatever. And it's the same idea is like when you get to the end and you're on your deathbed and you're laying there, you're going to remember a few things and it's going to be your family and your loved ones, your friends and some really shitty times that you that you got done with and went oh man you remember that those are the times you're going to remember you're not going to remember all the times on the fucking couch watching netflix you're not going to remember all the times sitting you know by the pool you're not going to remember all those fucking easy times you're going to remember the hard times because the hard times are what get ingrained into your mind because that's where lessons come from and through evolution our brain is designed to remember lessons that make us stronger and more able to adapt and and overcome and achieve
1: you know yeah i mean look at that relates to you know when people go to the movies i mean what are the most popular movies what is the, the plot is there's always a struggle there's always the main characters that have to you know adapt and overcome and it's funny because a lot of people love these stories and they win awards And uh, people sit in the movie theater, I'm like, wow, you know, and mentally in the back of their head is like, boy, you know, they always imagine themselves as the main character that's on the screen. But all of a sudden they leave the theater, you know, they can't seem to apply that because you know what? They have to get that heavy wheel rolling.
0: Can you imagine what movies would be like without challenges? Like how yeah. fucking boring.
1: Predictable. Like John woke up in the morning and he put his
0: pants on the same way as he did the day before Isn't and that he notebook? went to work. Yeah. Right. I
1: don't know. I didn't see the notebook, so I don't know what's about. Even Maybe. love's even love stories
0: <laughs> always have a story arch. They always have a conflict, you, you know, every not. I'm sure there's movies out there that don't have some sort of conflict, but fuck what? I yeah. I can't think of any because without know. a conflict, there's no story resolution. There's
1: a conflict in a notebook. Yeah. So you've seen it then. Oh, yeah, yeah. The my test? Oh,
0: yeah. Why do people
1: like it so much? Or okay, why do you, I can I don't want to say all oh, women like it. Well, I, I do I'm like
0: trying it? to remember the, even the storyline. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but there was I, a struggle. It, yeah, there was a struggle because he couldn't have the girl of his dreams but he kept writing to her when he was god i think he was in war or he was somewhere he had to leave and he wrote to her for so many years and then came back and she was married to a new guy and it was it's 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 the challenge of not being able to have the 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 person that you think is your other half and then spoiler alert at the end it is one of them reading all of this back to the other one because they're together but one of them has Alzheimer's and can't remember it. So they read they, they tell each other the story every day of their love and of their youth.
1: That's pathetic. No, that's beautiful. Fuck you. The dude has Alzheimer's
0: I don't remember which oh, one it's been gosh. fucking years since I've since I've watched it. But whoever
1: wrote that is messed up. Nicholas Sparks. Jeez. No yeah I don't read his crap. so
0: yeah well I don't either but I watch a movie here or there. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm not man. I'm not I'm down for a love story,
0: man. All right. I suppose. Even a Channing Tatum love story. It gets the wife all heated up, you know. Channing Tatum love story. Come on, you know you know what
1: Channing Tatum is. Yeah, he's the dude on uh 21 Jump Street movies. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's got some love stories out there, man. He does? Yeah, usually revolve around dancing.
1: Oh, oh I'm not even. That's right, not even go there. All right. All right. <laughs> So, you know, I see I got a quote here. It's from Thomas Edison and it says, you know, we shall have no better conditions in the future if we are satisfied with all those we which we have at present.
0: Yeah. And that's that's a common problem in in the developed world today everywhere. I mean, you, it's it's too easy to get by without putting in any effort and without getting
1: uncomfortable. And everybody's satisfied with just getting by. Yeah. Oof. It's a tough one.
0: But how do you how do you get somebody out of that? Is it a rat race? It's not a rat race. What would be that is it an echo chamber? Well, Whatever. It's not even an
1: echo chamber. It's not an That's- echo
0: chamber, just that that mundane existence, right? <sighs> how do you how do you do that now?
1: And do you have to? I mean, I just picture those commercials where Everything is gray. It must be a traveler's commercial. And everybody has the same umbrella all going one direction like robots. Yeah,
0: I think that is a traveler's commercial. I think you're right. Okay. Traveler's and insurance. And you got yeah. the
1: red umbrella that's going yeah. against the grain. Yeah. Man. I, mean, the, I read a book uh, a long time ago. It's an old one. It's uh, by Judith uh, Bardowick. Have you heard of Danger in the Comfort Zone? No. So it's a, it's really business related, but it talks about, you know, getting out of the comfort zone. And that was written back in 1991. And, uh, you know, there's one of the quotes from there is the comfort zone is a behavioral state within which a person operates in an anxiety neutral condition using a limited set of behaviors to deliver a steady level of performance, usually with a, without a sense of risk at all. That's a,
0: that's, that's dead on. And that, and that's, that's the work environment for a lot of people, right? Like, don't, don't do too much to where so much is expected of me do just enough to get by. Yeah. You know? And, and when, when I talk to people that are, that are, that are day-to-day workers, hourly employees. Right. And I talk to a lot of them because most of my places that I deal with, that's who I deal with. And you get a certain amount of people that are just, they're just nervous to lose their job. Like, well, how do you know, I just, I'm just going to make sure that I do enough to get by. And it's like, do you you realize that by only doing enough to get by, you're never going to improve. You're never going to go anywhere and you're not going to make yourself, um, indispensable. You want to make sure that you never get fired. Make yourself fucking indispensable. Do so much that they look and go, holy shit, I'd have to hire three people to replace that person.
1: Yeah. But now who's got that drive?
0: There's a few people out there, but it's tough, man.
1: Because right now, how do you
0: build that drive?
1: Yeah, I think that's a question. You know, that drive isn't just in business. It's, uh, I see that a lot with, you know, with diets. You know, there's a lot of people that are unhappy with where they're at. They look in the mirror and they're unhappy, but just can't get past that step of, well, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to give this up and I don't want to give that up. Well, by the time you're done, well, do you really want to change that? And that's, I think that goes back to one of the laws of the universe, right? Um, which one is that? Uh, it's about motion. What's the law of motion? Object in motion stays in motion. No, yeah. yeah, you're either going in one direction or you're going the other direction. Yeah. you You don't just plateau and stay in one yeah. direction. I think people that think that, well, I'm sitting in the, I'm nested in the comfort zone that I'm just going to be okay. But you know what? They're actually going opposite direction. I mean, you're talking, when you are talking about squared away, all four points of squared away. I mean, there's decay in all four points sitting in a comfort zone.
0: And you can hang out. Like you can, you can relax in the comfort zone. You can enjoy yourself in the comfort zone, but the more that you Get yourself out of that comfort zone and realize that you are able to accomplish things. The larger your comfort zone grows, and as you get into that growth zone and and that that scary doing scary shit, you know, putting yourself out there and signing up for something that you really don't know if you can fucking do, or going to a big function with a bunch of people that you don't know. Yeah, it's scary, but guess what? If you do it fucking ten times, then all of a sudden that is your comfort zone, right? And then your comfort zone just doubled in size, and you yep. can be comfortable doing those things. And then you push yourself even further, and
1: then you can be comfortable even doing crazier shit. Yeah, and that's where you don't need a bucket list. No, so sometimes I think people sit in a comfort zone are the ones writing those uh those fucking social media uh, bucket lists. I think I'll see a post that says, you know, have you done this? Your your common and, social media
0: friends must be a little older than mine because I have not seen a bucket list on social media.
1: <laughs> oh, I guess when you get close to 50, everybody's all yanking out their bucket list. Everybody's lists. like, oh, shit. I got, I, got about sure 10 good I got
0: about 10 good years to walk
1: <laughs> up the fucking Machu Picchu. Otherwise, I'm going to have to oh, wheelchair it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, uh, I got a message yesterday. Uh, somebody was 50 years old and they passed but they're uh you know it's just one of those situations it's hard for me to be empathetic cuz uh, the guy was an alcoholic um very poor health and that was you know self destructed yeah so you know what do i say i mean yeah yeah
0: i don't i i'm i'm with you there like yeah i would suck to die tomorrow but i do try to I try to invest myself into living the day today, but being ready for tomorrow and improving for tomorrow and hopefully tomorrow comes. But if it doesn't, there's a few things that I wish that I, that I would do Um, just because I have kids, you know, I wish that I could get some more lessons on, on paper maybe, so that if something did happen to me, that, that a certain amount of my knowledge that I've gained throughout my life would, would go down to them. But other than that, like, I'm doing pretty good. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. If I fucking die tomorrow, then then I die tomorrow. Hopefully, this podcast gets five hundred thousand <laughs> downloads. If I die tomorrow, God, I hope I don't. If I die tomorrow, this podcast
1: isn't coming out because oh, this yeah, won't yeah. come out
0: for a week yet.
1: <laughs> You're sounding like a fine artist. Yeah, <laughs> it's not worth until I'm dead. Well, that's I mean that's a legit problem with art, right? Yeah, that is. That's why I don't. Uh, my daughter is a great artist. And it'd be awesome if there was a, you know, great future in uh, fine art.
0: Well, art, art's an interesting thing, right? Because what, what's the quote? It comforts, comforts the disturbs and disturbs the comfortable. Great art comforts the disturbed and disturbs uh, the comfortable. And that's makes perfect. I mean, it's dead on like real art, real art. You look and go, oh, there's so much coming through in these fucking 10 lines or you know this photograph or whatever that there's it it's not just a picture it's a it's a time it's a it's a moment it's a feeling it's an emotion it's a you know a lesson that has to say so much more and be so much more than just whatever the picture is or or whatever
1: yeah oh i never heard of that and i was an art major
0: hey there you go
1: I was the worst art major I think that ever went through that college. So, oh
0: yeah, you just picked art because you're like, I gotta play football and do something easy. <laughs> okay, I have some
1: drawing skills. Oh, okay. I'm fucking Asian, dude. Yeah, we draw pictures. No, you code computers. Okay, my ancestors built the you know the computers that we're using. But you know, we can draw, we can do laundry, we can cook. Yeah, rice. We talked about it. Yes. You wouldn't give the world your yeah. rice recipe, but we talked about it. Yes, because i would probably get shot if I gave that out. So. <laughs> You really want to know what DM me, but- uh, the, the,
0: the Chinese mafia
1: would off you for giving up the world's secrets? Exactly. That is the most treasured secret. The um, So my my shitty art skills, you know, I was in a painting class and I painted a bunch of uh, uh, pictures and it's really easy to call yourself an abstract painter.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure.
1: Because then everything looks like shit Yeah, and you can say, well, okay, this is uh, my interpretation and you can bullshit your way out yeah. of it, so- uh, I ended up selling some paintings. I sold this one to a guy for $200. Nice. And this was one of those paintings that he asked me. And this is like my operations mind, you know, kind of peeking when I was yeah. younger. And I look at it and literally it looks like just a bunch of guts, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, I'm really, this one's really intriguing. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's multi-purpose. See, there's, there's really no top or bottom. So however you interpret it, you can just rotate it. To fit what you think it looks like,
0: you're so full of shit. Uh,
1: You know, he paid 200 (laughs) bucks for that, and that was probably the worst, uh, you know, description for a painting I think that ever existed.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, and
1: and art is one of those
0: things that I have never gotten really into, but so much happens with dimensions and the way light hits things, and it's kind of like it's kind of like writing. Like if you read a book, if you even read an article that was written in 10 different tense, you know, past tense, four tense, whatever, I guess there really isn't 10 different tense, but if it kept going back and forth between past tense and and current tense or whatever, like it wouldn't sound right. You wouldn't make sense in your brain. It's kind of like that with art. Like why does the light hit this over here? But then there's also light hitting this over here. Or why does this look three-dimensional and this look two-dimensional? It's like, it's so interesting the way that I couldn't look at it and explain why it looks right or looks wrong but the artist can tell me why you know
1: yeah no it's uh I don't know I think the artists are probably real adaptable they just adapt to whatever hell meaning it is just to right. sell they, out they, a they fucking look at you <laughs> they look at you and
0: they're like this guy is a hippie i'm gonna tell him all the hippie stuff about this painting or this guy is totally a business guy like i painted this for motivation i
1: painted this because it's so, because i it's knew subjective yeah it's totally and,
0: and art is subjective but there is good art and bad art
1: yeah so gonna bring the reins back into adaptability for, <laughs> yeah 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 bring it back before we get into rabbit architect. holes here so the uh, you know I wrote down here is the ability to improvise your plans and adapt your ideas when facing changing circumstances will enable you to transcend challenges. I mean the bottom line is that we we can't think that yesterday's thinking is going to bring success today, which is why we talk about always getting always getting squared away on a daily basis and and treating your you know your mental capacity as a muscle because uh, you have to you have to strengthen you have to bring changes. And you have to bring, you know, it's, it's forging metal. You have to bring the heat. So, um, you know, like it goes back to the podcast we talked about, you know, creating habits, right? So, I mean, the three suggestions I probably give people is, you know what? You know, I, I did this for quite a few years. I mean, I still kind of do it now on the business side. But, you know, before I was into, you know, multiple businesses, I was talking always told myself, okay, you're going to learn a new skill every year and pick one that, you know, you have no comfort with at all. And, uh, you know, the example is one Christmas Eve night, I was frustrated because you know what, I'm using a software application. I don't know how to build one, but I'm frustrated because it's not doing what I wanted to do. I'm like, you know, instead of being frustrated, why don't I learn how to, you know, code this crap? Yeah. So Overnight, I basically used a uh, third-party software ripped off a site, and just started peeling it apart. And by morning, I was like, "Oh, okay, I have a pretty good idea." And that full year, I just started teaching myself, you know, how to code websites. You know, how to code applications. And that's what spawned, you know, one of my businesses. So, you know, I challenge everybody. You know, learn learn a skill every year, even if it's, uh, you know. Good lord, I might have to, you know, take up crocheting or something cuz I've never done it before, but
0: maybe save that one for 50,
1: 55. Yeah, yeah, don't lock that one in.
0: Yeah, don't lock that one in yet.
1: Yeah. If I get a rocker, I'm going to take that up probably. Yeah, make something useful. There you go. Tactical.
0: And get curious. Get curious about how things work. Like Understand how your fucking car works functionally, understand how things work at your work, understand how your body works, understand how your nutrition works, understand, learn about how the mind works so that you're able to tweak little parts to get the outcome that you want. And that's yeah. get curious, man. Like so many people are just OK with like, oh, yep, this works until it doesn't. Then I bind a new one. You know, fuck, learn how, learn how shit works. Tear into stuff. Yeah. Especially if it's broken. Who fucking cares? It's broken. Yeah. You get into it and you can't figure it out. It's already broken.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's, here's another one is, uh, you know, visit a new culture or learn a new culture. And when you
0: when you visit the new culture, immerse yourself in the culture. Don't stay at the fucking Four Seasons and sit by the pool for seven days and then be like, I went to India, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, immerse yourself in the culture. Learn about the people. People like people suck. I fucking don't like people, but I love people. Like I can say both of those things in the same sentence because people are awesome and people suck because there's seven billion of them and a certain percentage of them are fucking dumbasses, But then a certain percentage of them are the coolest things in the world,
1: yeah. I mean, you can learn a lot from everyone else, and you, sometimes you don't have to hop on a plane and travel anywhere. Uh, for example, the other night, uh, there's this—you uh, probably know better than I do. There's this grocery store that it must open in the fall. I've never visited the fresh market in town. Oh, is it? Where is it? It's uh, I don't know, right behind McDonald's and Dunkin'. Oh, Donuts. yeah, it's in the
0: old. Yeah, yeah, it's in the old liquor store. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a, it's a, um, they call it an international market.
0: Yeah. But it's, it's, it is international, but it's, it's, it's um, Turkish Muslim. Yeah. So it's, it's a Muslim grocery store.
1: Yep, yep. Yep. So it's Turkish. Uh, yeah. You know, Muslim grocery store because they advertise, they you know, have halal foods. Yep. So yeah, if you don't, cause there's
0: a lot of specific things, like you can't have things in the air in the same freezer and like there's rules with that culture of of certain meats not touching other meats. So like it it makes sense to have
1: meat is bled out. They don't, you know, use hindquarters, uh, um, no pork, no fillers. And it has to be prepared, not by a machine, not machine processed, but, you know, by another Muslim. So there's a lot of good health benefits and a lot of things to learn from, you know, how they do their stuff. So, yeah, I decided uh, I got done from the gym. I think it was like that was the day. It was like almost 80 degrees or something because I was sweating my ass off, and I was like, I'm hungry as hell, so I'm just going to stop in there, quick check it out, and I didn't realize they had this big deli back there. So I threw a bunch of stuff in the cart, threw some uh, coconuts in there so my you know kids can can hack these little coconuts mm-hmm. with a straw and let them drink out of it. And I walked up to the deli, and there was a lot of families in there that were you know speaking Turkish. And uh, but I pulled up to the deli, and he obviously knows that, you know, now you got this oversized Asian sitting at the deli, and he starts talking. I'm like, "Hey, dude, this is the first time I've been here. Uh, stuff looks good," and I didn't have to say anything else. He's like, "Hey, you know what? Hey, why don't you try this and try that? And I will only charge you for you know this one thing here, but just you know take the rest of this home. Are you gonna be able to eat it all?" I'm like, "Oh, I got kids at home." Next thing you know, he's like dumping. I'm talking. These styrofoam containers were loaded. I walked home like six containers. I didn't walk home, but yeah, I drove home with yeah. six containers of, you know, biryani that was, you know, literally lit my you know, mouth on fire. Uh, I had some good pilaf, some, uh, you know, Olivet-type salads. And it's just, yeah, immersing yourself in their foods, how they prepare it. And, uh, yeah, we had a good conversation. Super nice guy. Um, he said, come back and I'll give you some other stuff. But, you know, we, we don't want to waste food. Yeah. So he said, "Just come back, and I'll let you, you know, try some other containers and stuff." I'm like, "You don't have to do that, man. Yeah, I'll yeah, pay right. for I'll it. Pay for it. Yeah. But that's that's how you, that's how you grow a business,
0: right? You build a customer base, and he's yeah. building his customer base.
1: Yeah. But uh, it's you know part of adapting is is you got to go out there and you got to get it. You know what? These these things, these education, these experiences aren't going to come to you sitting at home.
0: Yeah, pull yeah. your yeah. fucking head out of your phone.
1: Yeah. Stop playing, you know, the fucking games, you know, or shopping Amazon or watching Netflix, you know, your whatever weekly. Unless you're shopping Amazon to buy books from our links in the <laughs> podcast notes, that's okay. Oh, that's good. Roll right into that one. <laughs> but but you got to get out there and it's, you don't have to go far. For us, it's, you know, going to Madison or Milwaukee. There's a lot of great choices, you know, yeah. going down to Chicago, you know, just... Just get out there and just learn something. Try something different. You know, don't go to you know fucking Panda Garden to get Chinese. That's my only plug here. That shit is not Chinese. I hope you don't go there. We definitely
0: go to Panda Garden.
1: Oh, you kidding me? Where should we go? Is it Panda Garden? What's that thing with like the freaking the food chain?
0: Oh, you're talking about Happy Walk. Is that the? I don't know. We'll we'll talk about this after the podcast because nobody needs to know. But (laughs) yeah, we definitely get Panda Garden.
1: What's what's the fancy Chinese place? I want to plug this in the podcast. Imperial Garden. No, the one with the the fucking stone horse in front of it.
0: Gosh. Oh, that's closed.
1: Yeah, the The one with the stone. Yeah, that's closed. Okay, I don't know what that restaurant is. Anybody knows it? Just throw it up on the. uh, Throw a comment in uh, on social media or something. But that place, I remember some gal took me there on a first date thinking it would be impressive because I'm Chinese. And that place, all it is, is the exact same shit you get at the local, you know, American Chinese place. Yeah. So it's sweet and sour chicken that they serve you in a bowl. Yeah. And then they bring you out the sweet and sour sauce on another, you know, bowl. Yeah. And it's fancy American Chinese food. Okay. And I can't fucking remember the name.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we, I'm sorry. So, I know. We, we went there. Their lettuce <laughs> wraps are delicious. Oh, really? Yeah. Their lettuce wraps are awesome. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm American. I'm Americanized Chinese. <laughs> um, current oh. event's quick. We got eight minutes. All right. Did you see that the FDA is going, or ATF, FDA, is going to ban flavored tobacco including menthol cigarettes and flavored blunt wraps
1: i did not see that no
0: because it disproportionately affects people of color and people in the lg that thing lgbt i would have to look it up i'm not lgbt community yes it disproportionately affects those communities health so they're going to ban it how they like menthol cigarettes and blunt wraps But isn't so? My issue here is like, why do we fucking need Big Brother to to ban things? Aren't we all grown adults?
1: You think? I mean, they're catering to. Are you talking about when people of color, so African American, the twelve point seven percent of the U.S. population? Yeah.
0: So and menthol cigarettes and flavored blunt wraps.
1: Oh. Yeah,
0: they're going to ban, they're So Europe did it. Europe did it a few years ago, and they just announced today that in the United States within a year, they're going to try, they're going to try to push it. So Europe did that for that reason. I don't know if Europe's had the same reason. I think Europe's reason was because flavored stuff is marketed to kids. Really? I, I think so. But uh, I just don't get it. Like, why? Why are we allowing like the Big Brother state to like ban specific things? You know what I mean? Like. That's even worse than saying no tobacco, right? If they were like, we're banning all cigarettes and cigars, I wouldn't be happy. I think that would be bullshit, but it would make a little bit more sense to me than menthol cigarettes and flavored cigar wraps.
1: Yeah, I mean, if the FDA came out and said it's better for everyone's health, then, you know, okay, that that makes a little more sense, but...
0: I still I'd still be pissed off about it because I'm a libertarian and stay the fuck out of my business. If I want to smoke a cigar, I'm gonna smoke a cigar. Right. But you know there is an impact on public health, and with public health, we're, you know, going yeah. a lot more towards a single payer public health system. So I get it. Like smoking causes a lot of damage and that damage costs money and it's going to cost the American taxpayers a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, don't get me, I mean I believe that the the American freedoms, and those are freedoms that, you know, people make that choice. And if you want to, you know, screw your health up, go ahead. You know, or if you do it in moderation, it's not going to, you know, screw you up. I know people that are 90 some years old that smoked all their life. I'm not, you know, vouching for it. But, you know, this, the whole thing with the mass, this is where it comes back around. It's like, okay, well, in four months, they enforced everybody putting masks on everywhere so if they really want people to be healthy you're wearing a mask to be healthy right well why don't they just take that one step you know forward and just say okay well screw the mask. let's just get everybody's immune system up so how do you feel about the sugar tax in new york that they implemented a few years ago it's probably been five
0: or eight years five or six years by now honestly i don't know anything about that all right i'll have to look this up and we'll talk about it a different time but i know there's like a there's a tax on companies that sell processed sugar foods in really? New York, yeah, and conservatives were up in arms, freaked out about it. But I get that; like, I understand that because yeah. that tax money for that processed sugar should go in to help the health system, right? Like, it should I yeah. was thinking about it today. Like, man, can you imagine if for advertising food you had to pay by the calorie that you sold? You had to pay uh, the FDA or a, or a, another organization by the calorie of Doritos that you sold. If you want to advertise Doritos. You got and you sell 20 million calories of Doritos. You got to pay two million dollars to this fund and soda and whatever you want to advertise, because like nobody advertises fucking potatoes and bananas and apples and kiwis and the real food. Nobody advertises that shit, right? hamburger like yeah you know processed hamburgers that are squeezed out of a tube they advertise those once in a while but nobody really advertises for just normal meat products and normal vegetables and normal fruits so all of a sudden they would be much cheaper comparatively to a bag of fucking Doritos
1: yeah no I'd like to yeah I'd have to look into that a little more. Yeah, and I, I got to look
0: up too how it works. I don't know where that money goes or what they're actually taxing, but I know that I know that it was an issue with the Conservative Party when they were going to do ah, you know, Big Brother New York taxing. But I get it; like, I get it with that. It's yeah. it's like cigarette tax, exactly. right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, and I'm wonder, okay with that. I wonder how much that deters people there. But like I said, I don't know what the the program really is about. So yeah,
0: and um, is it is it is the goal to deter or is the goal to Tr- to, fund, to fund, to fund, yeah, to fund, um, the health system. You know, right. to fund. And does to, it does it fund the health system? Because yeah, that's in in cities like New York, probably not. It just you know just goes fund, into a bucket. And yeah, they, like, probably, probably. But I'm like I I like that idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. What else we got on uh current
0: events? I don't. I can't think of anything else
1: this week. Yeah, yeah I mean, I have to admit the the podcast that just came out. I was wrong on the Shelvin verdict, but. I think we follow up on the next podcast. So Yeah.
0: Stay that's, tuned that's, for the next that's one. That's a little bit of an issue with, with recording a week ahead, but we wanna make sure that we always have one in the in the holster so that in case one of us is out of town and we're not able to record, we are able to still drop a new one every Sunday night. Um, we don't want to get get ourselves screwed and and have to skip a week because hopefully you guys are enjoying this and hopefully you're you're coming back. I mean the the numbers show that that people are are listening and coming back and um, I've been doing as much as I can to promote the podcast. I've been I've done a few Instagram lives now um, every day. I, I send it out to a few people. Like I just make myself okay. You know these three people in my phone. I send it out. So you know we're doing what we can to try to get it out there and we really are doing what we can to try to put actionable advice into these podcasts because we know that if you guys are giving us an hour of your life we want it to be the
1: the most useful hour that that we can give you so yeah and uh and Lord knows I need help on my Instagram account cuz I don't know how to fucking post anything. So
0: hopefully we just make enough money from advertisements that we can start hiring a publicist and they can do all that (laughs) shit for us because. Because I'm a mindless idiot. (sighs) It's not even mindless. It's just like you and I, you and I accomplish things and and getting on there and, and building a habit to post something is just, it's not necessarily the biggest
1: goal, you know? So. Yeah. But I'll definitely post uh, prior to this uh, podcast come out is the, there's a, a comfort zone, a growth zone uh, chart. Um, but, you know, I just want to tell people, you know, start something today. So if you're going to make a change in your life, do it today. Don't say you're going to do it, you know, in a week or so. And the biggest thing, you know what, if you don't remember anything else is embrace the suck. It's going to suck. And like I said before, is if it doesn't suck, we don't do it. It's a model that just sticks in my head. And just get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, do the things, you know, you should do that you don't want to, because you know what, you're going to be that guy. There's a lot of people that are willing not to do things, but when you're willing to do things, you get to do a lot more exciting things that, you know, no one else gets experience. So, so that's, yeah, that's my goal. You guys embrace the suck and, you know, kicking the dick this week.
0: Embrace the suck and get curious. Those are the two most positive, actionable points from this fucking podcast. If you didn't listen to anything or take anything else from this, those are the two. So, all right, we are out. We'll see you guys next week. Out.